I called the San Francisco Department of Disability and Aging Services meeting of Wednesday, August 3rd, 2022 to order. I am the DOS Commission President, Martha Knudsen. This commission meeting is being conducted pursuant to provisions of the Brown Act and recent executive orders issued by the governor to facilitate teleconferencing to reduce the risk of COVID-19 transmission at public meetings. Ordinarily, the Brown Act sets strict rules for teleconferencing. The governor recently signed a new amendment to the Brown Act to allow continued use of teleconferencing for public meetings during a state of emergency, provided that commissions such as ours make certain findings. To comply with this legal requirement, items five and six on this morning's agenda is the request to consider whether continued use of teleconferencing will minimize health risks and whether our commission is able to use teleconferencing in a manner that allows public participation and transparency. As noted on the agenda, members of the public may observe this teleconference meeting via sfgovtv.org and sfgovtv channel 78, and they may offer public comment by calling the published public comment phone number. I'd like to welcome the members of the public and staff who are watching us live on SFGovTV and also thank the staff of SFGovTV and the staff at DOS who make this meeting possible with all the technology that we need to conduct these meetings uh, at this current time. The commission asks and thanks you for your patience during these unprecedented times. We respectfully ask the public to have patience, expect delays and gaps during the meeting, particularly during public comment. To eliminate background interference, all panelists and presenters that are presenting via WebEx are asked to mute themselves when not speaking or waiting to present. The San Francisco HSA DOS Commission acknowledges that we are on unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramatusha Ohlone, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. As the indigenous stewards of this land and in accordance with their traditions, the Ramatusha Ohlone never ceded, lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place, as well as for all peoples who reside in their traditional territory. As guests, we recognize that we benefit from living and working on their traditional homeland. We wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ramatush Ohlone community and by affirming their sovereign rights as First Peoples. Secretary, can you please take the roll? Thank you, President Knudsen. Commissioners, please re respond with present when I call your name. President Martha Knudsen? Present. Vice President Janet Spears? Present. Commissioner Sasha Bittner? Present. Commissioner Wanderjung? Present. Commissioner Michelle Carrington? Commissioner Nelson Lum? Present. Commissioner Barbara Sklar? Present. DOS Executive Director Kelly Dearman? Here. President Knudsen, we have a quorum. Thank you. Commissioners, the next item, item three, is communications. We'd like to provide further instructions for the public comment process. Public comment will be available on each item on this agenda and during general public comment. Both channels 78 and sfgovtv.org are streaming the number across the screen. Each speaker will be allowed three minutes to speak. Comments or opportunities to speak during the public comment period are available via phone call. During each public comment period, viewers and callers will be instructed to call 1-415-655-0000 using access code pound 24840454675 and then pound again when connected you will hear the meeting discussions but you'll be muted and in listening mode only when your item of interest comes up dial star 3 to be added to the speaker line 
Best practices are to call from a quiet location, speak clearly and slowly, and turn down your television or radio. You will have three minutes to speak. You will be informed by the moderator when you have 30 seconds left. After 30 seconds, you will be muted and placed back to listening mode. Alternatively, public comment can be submitted by, by email to ravi.derbige at sfgov.org. If you submit public comment via email, it will be forwarded to the commission and will be in, included as part of the official docket. Are there any other communications from the DOS commission members? Okay, we can move on to the next item. Okay, thank you. Uh, commissioners, your next item is for approving the minutes of Wednesday, June 1st, 2022 DOS Commission meeting. Are there any comments or questions from the commission regarding the Wednesday, June 1st, 2022 DOS Commission meeting? And I think, uh, Vice President, you just had a very quick. Yes, uh, on uh, the addition. first page, uh, one correction regarding the organization's uh, swords, swords of plowshare, instead of plowshare uh, on page one. All right, and I think Commissioner Jung, you had noted some, but they were incorporated in the current. Right, right, right. so we're fine. So we're okay. Okay, any other comments or questions from commissioners who are attentively reading their minutes, which we appreciate? Um, do we have anyone from the public who wishes to comment on our minutes? Does anyone from the public wish to comment? Moderator, please open the phone line for public comment. We will allow some time for callers to submit their request. Moderator, do we have any callers in the queue? Mr. Secretary, there are no callers in the queue. Thank you. Great. Then hearing no further requests to speak on this item, is there a motion to approve Wednesday, June 1st, 2022 DOS Commission meeting minutes? I'll move. Commissioner Jung and a second from second. Commissioner Bittner. Um, Mr. Secretary, can you please take a roll call vote to approve the Wednesday, May uh, June <laughs> 2022 DOS Commission meetings, June 1st DOS Commission meeting minutes. President Martha Knudsen, how do you vote? Yes. Vice President Janet Spears, how do you vote? Yes. Commissioner Sasha Bittner, how do you vote? Yes. Commissioner Wanda Zhang, how do you vote? Yes. Commissioner Nelson Lum, how do you vote? Yes. And Commissioner Barbara Sklar, how do you vote? Yes. We have a unanimous vote. Okay, thank you. Uh, commissioners, your next item is agenda item five, the resolution to hold in-person meetings with some members possibly appearing remotely. Are there any comments or questions from the commission regarding this resolution? Okay. Then Mr. Secretary, do we have anyone from the public who wishes to comment on this item? Do we have anyone from the public who wishes to comment? Moderator, please open the phone line for public comment. We'll allow some time for callers to submit their request. Moderator, do we have any callers in the queue? Mr. Secretary, there are no callers in the queue. Thank you, moderator. Okay, great. Hearing no further requests to speak on this item, is there a motion to approve agenda item five? From Commissioner Bittner has moved and uh, Commissioner uh, Sklar has seconded. Uh, Mr. Secretary, can you please take a roll call vote to approve the resolution to hold in-person meetings with some members possibly appearing remotely? And just noting that Commissioner Sklar and uh, Commissioner Bittner are are appearing remotely today. President Martha Knudsen, how do you vote? Uh, yes. Vice President Janet Spears, how do you vote? Yes. Commissioner Sasha Bittner, how do you vote? God, yes. Commissioner Wanda Zhang, <laughs> how do you vote? Yes. Commissioner Nelson Lum, how do you vote? Yes. And Commissioner Barbara Sklar, how do you vote? 
Yes. Thanks. We have a unanimous vote. Great. Thank you, commissioners. Your next item is agenda item six, authorization to allow third-party presenters who are not city employees to attend the commission meeting virtually, pending any government code change or mayoral supplement to the emergency proclamation. Are there any comments or questions about this motion uh, from the commission? Okay, hearing none, do we have any members of the public who would wish to comment on this item? Do we have anyone from the public who wishes to comment? Moderator, please open the phone line for public comment. We will allow some time for callers to submit their request. Moderator, do we have any callers in the queue? Mr. Secretary, there are no callers in the queue. Thank you. Great. Then hearing no further requests to speak on this item, is there a motion to approve agenda item six? Which I is from Commissioner Bittner, and just so I read it, authorization to allow third-party presenters who are not city employees to attend commission meetings virtually pending any California government code change or mayoral supplement to the emergency proclamation. And that was moved by uh, Commissioner Bittner. We have a second, second. from uh, Commissioner Jung. And can we have a roll call, please? President Martha Knudsen, how do you vote? Yes. Vice President Janet Spears, how do you vote? Yes. Commissioner Sasha Bittner, how do you vote? Yes. Commissioner Wanda Zhang, how do you vote? Yes. Commissioner Nelson Lum, how do you vote? Yes. And Commissioner Barbara Sklar, how do you vote? Yes. Thanks. We have a unanimous vote. Great. Thank you so much, Commissioners. And we'll now move to item seven and welcome our Executive Director, Kelly Dearman, for her report. Thank you, President Newton. Good morning, everyone, Commissioners. Um, I hope you all had a restful July. In terms <coughs> of my updates, I have no federal updates, and for the state updates, the Older Adults Recovery and Resilience Funding is coming our way, and our very own Mike Zog will speak about that in a little while. For budget updates, DOS is working on 31 budget addbacks from the 22-23 budget process, totaling over $6.7 million in new funding for 22-23 with $6.3 million available in fiscal year 23-24. Some of the at-backs include ongoing funding to continue the mayor's $900,000 investment in LGBTQ plus services from 21-22. Uh, I just want to let you all know that $600,000 of those funds are supporting the recently launched LGBTQ plus mental health connection and technology support program and $300,000 of these funds is increasing staffing at LGBTQ plus focused programs. Additionally, $425,000 of ongoing funds for residential care facilities for the elderly pilot to increase affordable quality care in San Francisco, $300,000 ongoing for housing subsidies, $400,000 ongoing funding to support the formerly City College Older Adults Learning Classes, which are now administered through DOS. $2.27 million ongoing to meet the increased demand for nutrition services, including home delivered meals and congregate meals. As far as the digital divide, DOS is tracking $225,000 in new funding for expansion of digital divide efforts for fiscal year 22-23 received through the add back process. This amount, as you all know, is lower than the community had been advocating for, as they were advocating for over $3 million. But we do have some other new funding which will be going to support these efforts. 
other funding resources, such as $425,000 in new funding uh, via the 22-23 Dignity Fund allocation. And we are expecting 100 million, ooh, I'm sorry, 1 million. <laughs> 1 million in new funding from the state of California for digital divide efforts to arrive at DOS this fiscal year. So there is some progress being made. So now on to Laguna Honda. We are pleased to announce that the Center for Medicare Medicaid Services and the California Department of Healthcare Services have agreed to allow Laguna Honda to pause the patient transfers and discharges that they previously required. This is really good news for all of the residents at Laguna Honda and for all of us who have been facing much heartache and heartbreak. State and federal right. regulators required these transfers and discharges because Laguna Honda, as you all know, lost the certification that allowed them to participate in the Medicare Medi-Cal provider participation programs. Laguna Honda continues to work towards achieving recertification. In the meantime, the Center for Medicare Medicaid Services has allowed the facility to continue to participate on a temporary basis. Laguna Honda has identified a small number of residents who do not require nursing home level of care. DOS is working with Laguna Honda to develop comprehensive care plans for these residents who will be discharged on a voluntary basis to the community. And just want to give a shout out to DOS staff who are working really hard um, and diligently on this. Um, next, you all might have seen, heard, read the report from the Budget and Legislative Analyst Office regarding the housing shortage for older adults. And there was an article uh, in the Sunday Chronicle regarding this. So the BLA, just so you know, they did reach out to DOS and planning to be interviewed for this report, and we met with them several times. They, we also provided additional inf information for all the follow-up questions. What we know is there was a hearing a couple of weeks ago to introduce this report. There has not, there's going to be another hearing, I imagine will be called by Supervisor Marr, to go into any details on the report. The bottom line is as usual, and we continue to say we are the subject matter experts on issues regarding older adults and people with disabilities, but we, and we provide supports and services, but we do not do the actual building of the housing. So we're hoping we will have more information uh, once we um, get the hearing date and really get it some time to digest the 123-page report. Mm -hmm. So I will let you know from the mayor. So the mayor has declared a local public health emer emergency regarding monkeypox, and the emergency declaration will expedite and streamline the availability of resources to better respond to this developing health emergency. DOS is rolling out trainings to our staff to educate them about the virus. Uh, lastly, uh, yesterday I spoke uh, U.S. Aging. I was on a panel with U.S. Aging uh, about their Age and Commit to Connect Summit, and we spoke about intergenerational programming, and it was a really uh, uplifting and engaging panel, and I was really happy to hear things that are happening across the nation regarding interge intergenerational programming and all the benefits of it. There is a caregiver panel called Caregiver Conversations, a day of learning, support, and information. 
uh, which is sponsored by the Family Caregiver Alliance, which is happening on the 18th of this month. I'll be on a panel for that as well. It's really a time for uh, caregivers and providers to come together, take a deep breath, pat themselves on the back, and, and be reminded how important uh, the work is that they are doing. And that is all I have. I'm happy to answer any questions. Any questions from commissioners? Good morning. Good morning. Uh, uh, do we, meaning the DOS, have any uh, uh, plans to be proactive with the uh, uh, vaccination for the um, uh, monkeypox? So we're keeping in touch with Department of Public Health, of course. The issue is when the um, when we will have enough vaccinations. And so um, we are hoping that California and San Francisco in particular gets um, the number of vaccinations that are necessary. But I believe uh, we're going to do some trainings, but I'm not sure that we're going to be doing any of the vaccinations. That'll all be with the Department of Public Health. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I just wanted to say that I'm glad that we found a way um, to deal with GM. I believe in being to do the normalization, but it has to be done in a very careful way. And um, I'm glad that people are going to be able to stay at Lunanda and also that it's more will be able to be moved into the community that I wanted to say. Yeah, I was very worried about it, so I'm glad it's been somewhat resolved. Yeah. Thank you so much, Commissioner Bittner. We, too, are um, really happy that we're no longer um, having to move people out of Laguna Honda. And as you know, that happened because we're Laguna Honda is working on two tracks, the one track to gain recertification, and CMS said they also had to work on a closure plan. It's uh, really good news that we're putting a pause on that because of all the trauma it was causing to the yeah. residents, the staff, and the families. So, Commissioner Bittner, I share your joy that that is not happening um, anymore. But there's still a lot of work to be done at, to be done at Laguna Honda, but at least we're not worried about moving people out at the moment. Yeah. Okay, any other comments from commissioners? We can move on um, to item eight, which is employee recognition. Um, and I think we have quite a few people being recognized today. Um, is the executive, I'm sorry, I'm cutting into what um, our secretary is supposed to say. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. <laughs> commissioners, item eight is the DOS employee recognition. Executive Director Dearman, President Knudsen, and the DOS Commission will honor Derek Chong, Diana Wang, Taylor Stussy, Luciana Say, and Linda Pang, who all make up the in-home support services quality assurance support team. Director Dearman. Thank you. So this is a really exciting time. Uh, the in-home supportive services quality assurance support team, in recognition of their hard work and assistance, to the IHSS Quality Assurance Unit, 
The department would like to recognize these five individuals who stepped up during a time in which the IHSS Quality Assurance Unit was extremely short-staffed. The IHSS Quality Assurance Unit oversees many tasks in addition to ensuring the program is in compliance with state regulations. When this unit lost staff, these five individuals voluntarily took on additional duties to ensure the unit was able to continue to meet performance goals. The five individuals include Derek Chong, Program Specialist. Derek has a wonderful attitude and never says no to a task. He is a mentor to new onboarding quality assurance staff. He has proven to be a reliable and valuable part of the quality assurance unit. Diane Wong, Social Worker. Uh, her, Diane's work completing case reviews was vital to the quality assurance unit's ability to meet compliance goals. Diane learned the tasks quickly and accomplished a lot of quality work in a short amount of time. Diane was an absolute asset to the team. Taylor Stucy, a social worker supervisor, assisted the quality assurance unit by training multiple induction classes of new employees. The trainees report he is an effective trainer, supportive, and very knowledgeable. Taylor also did a wonderful job updating the training materials. Your efforts are greatly appreciated. Linda Pang, a program specialist, supported the team by ensuring that quality assurance reports were accurate, and she took on additional responsibilities to ensure the program dashboards and reports were maintained. Linda has a positive outlook and always approaches a problem with a solution and a smile. A pleasure to work with. Luciana Say, Program Support Analyst, while assisting the Quality Assurance Unit, Luciana helped to draft a new and improved policy for overpayment and investigation re referrals. Luciana's analytical and organ organizational skills were especially appreciated by the team. These staff members were critically necessary and supported the Quality Assurance Unit to meet program objective and goals for the state. Their contributions were incredibly meaningful. The program thanks them for stepping up and supporting the program during a challenging time of low staffing. And DOS is so um, pleased and proud to have you as part of the team. Congratulations. Dr. German, there is a few of them on WebEx oh. that could speak. Excellent. So do any of you want to say something? We would love to hear from you. Uh, this is Taylor from IHSS. Um, I just want to say thank you for the recognition and um, for the kind words. Thanks again, you guys. Thank you, Taylor. Thank you, Taylor. Anyone else? Hi, this is Derek. Um, I really appreciate the uh, the acknowledgement. Uh, it's a joy to work at IHSS, and I also want to credit uh, IHSS in general. Uh, the staff here is working really hard, and they're doing the best they can. So uh, we really appreciate the acknowledgement. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, this is Linda Penn. Um, I'm happy to be part of the IHSS team, and I, repeat, I'm, I really appreciate for the recognition as well. Okay. Thank you so much. We have your um, certificates, and we will make sure you get them. Mm -hmm. And I just want to echo everything that director said about this group. I feel like you were probably ground zero of things happening during the pandemic, and uh, nothing could have been 
more courageous than the people who stepped into what was very necessary uh, to assist the people who were the most vulnerable. And the people who helped those people uh, uh, are, are indeed heroes. So thank you for your work, and we appreciate very much that you were um, honored today. So we appreciate knowing all the pieces of this that go into um, making uh, the IHSS program work the way it did. So thank you on behalf of the commission. Did anybody else want to make a comment? I think we're good. All right, thank you so much, though, and I'm glad you could uh, uh, participate today in this. Then um, I think we're keep pointing in on your lines here. We're, we're ready for item nine. <laughs> Commissioners, item nine is the advisory council report presented by the advisory council president, Diane Lawrence. Uh, good morning, um, President Knudsen, Commissioners, and Executive Director Dearman. Um, I'm going to report on our June 15th and our July uh, 20th meetings, um, since there was no June, uh, no July Commission meeting. Um, where, but no action items um, at the January um, at the I don't know why I'm back in January at the July 20th uh, meeting. The members of the Dignity Fund Oversight and Advisory Committee provided the update that came as a result of the Ju July 18th uh, meeting. Um, we just at that meeting there was discussion on uh, membership uh, regarding the Long-Term Care Coordinating Council, um, the uh, Service Provider Working Group looking at ways to reach out to the uh, broader community during this funding cycle. Um, advertising has already been done in various languages, and there are discussions around how to bring people into the outreach process, and this has been an ongoing conversation over the last few years. Again, the um, discuss the online resource directory and looking at moving up the RFP process. Um, the, um, there was a budget update from Executive Director Dearman much of the same uh, points that she just went over, also on the Laguna Honda status. And of course, we didn't have the good news about the temporary pause in movement of uh, folks. There were three announcements at that meeting. Um, July 26 was the 32nd anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act. The 29th was the 50th anniversary of Medicare. And there was an event um, at the federal building and then um, there was a note uh, mentioned that uh, yesterday was Tom Nolan Day in San Francisco as Tom is retiring. Um, there were no LGBTQ updates as um, Dr. Marcy Edelman, who usually provides them, was attending meetings uh, for the California Commission on Aging. At the uh, June meeting, we had a site visit report on the YMCA in Chinatown. This was an interesting um, discussion and really pointed out the advantage of our doing the virtual um, site visits as well as the physical site visits. Um, some challenges on uh, getting there. Uh, the YMCA Chinatown is on a very steep hill. Um, and the website provided only very general information on seniors, no specifics, no contact name, phone numbers. And the programs were listed under adults and seniors along with community services. Um, just to shorten the report, since you have a long agenda, the, uh, there was discussion with the advisory council member 
and staff at the Y, and they're aware of the challenges with the website, uh, but they also have found that word of mouth works best um, within um, the community and that there's not a high usage of um, internet services, which we are finding in a number of um, the communities. The um, site itself was clear. It's on Sacramento between Grant and Stockton. There's a lot of public transportations, uh, transportation. Um, it's one of the five of the 14 Ys um, in between Marin and San, San Francisco, Marin, San Francisco, San Mateo, San Mateo counties. This one focuses on Chinese Americans, uh, predominantly in China, Chinatown. Um, they have services available to members and non-members. There is no real focus on a nutrition program in terms of regular meal service, as there are a number of meal programs and nutrition sites in the neighborhood. So they've decided to use their resources in some other ways. They are um, working on a grant uh, that will result in um, 30 culturally appropriate meals for about 550 uh, households in collaboration with the San Francisco Marin Food Bank. And as we all know, COVID increased the need. They offer Tai Chi and Qigong. Um, they have safety programs focused on Asian Americans, trying to address the AAPI hate issues, exploring a good friends uh, program, which pairs seniors and volunteers. And in that program, they're making about 300 outreach calls a week. Um, they're starting some tech programs using smartphones. Um, there are no medical services. The overall impressions were it was wonderful programs, but there were no programs for persons with disabilities. Great facility. Um, as I mentioned, there was a discussion on um, websites. Uh, not so much, but especially for persons helping find services for seniors. And um, the council member found that it was a very um, profitable visit. We did not have any reports in July, uh, but we have two scheduled for August. Um, executive director's report, um, we uh, pretty much what executive director has gone over recently. We also had a guest speaker at this at the July meeting, Melissa McGee, program manager of the Office of Community Partnerships gave the council an update on the Dignity Fund Community Needs Assessment. And with that presentation, we have um, had all four reports that inform the um, Dignity Fund Community Needs Assessment um, made to the council over the last few months. Um, member updates, we've discussed housing, um, changes in the boundaries between districts five and six, and then our member, those were in June and our July, our focus primarily was on a um, informed and informative discussion on Laguna Honda. Um, the one um, error I need to report on my part is we elected a representative to serve as the senior senator, uh, Pearl Howell for CSL, and her application was being filed and therefore the election was not valid. So we announced that at the meeting, um, Ann Warren, our senior assembly rep is researching to see if there are, other any, there are any other options. Pearl will continue to attend our council meetings to stay on top of the discussions 
and will hold an election in the spring for both a senior senator and for the vacant uh, senior assembly rep. So right now we have one representative. Um, we had a, a, we've submitted an application which we'll be voting on for a commission uh, appointment and in a few minutes, and we are still working with the Board of Supervisors. And we'll continue until we fill those slots. Okay, thank you very much. Um, are there any questions from commissioners? think so. <laughs> so I think we're going to move into the joint legislative report. Commissioners, item 10 is the joint legislative report, which also presented by the advisory council president, Diane Lawrence. Uh, good morning again. So we had our um, joint ledge meeting uh, on both the 15th of June and the 20th of July. As usual, we discussed bills that had changed. Uh, we're at that point in the year where things are beginning to wind down. So there's that quiet period in June where the legislature is focusing on the budget and get that completed and passed. And then there's a brief recess. Um, so since the budget was passed, bills have moved. In many cases, they've now moved to appropriations. And then they will go back to the state um, Senate. There's a typo in my report for review and discussion. The last step will be a vote. They recess during parts of July, so they're just coming back on this Monday. There are also bills that have been put into suspense that we could see active again. And I've detailed just what their timetable is um, off the legislative website, so we kind of, um, this helps keep the joint ledge committee and myself um, kind of on board with where we're going. Um, key changes are noted and there are comments in bold um, in the reports that'll give you an idea of what happened. Um, that one bill was completely gutted, um, but we've left it in there just so you can um, see how bills at this time of year sometimes will become something entirely different. Um, so far there's only one. And a number of the master plan bills have been stalled and that's um, maybe because so many require funding. So I have a feeling that our meeting on August 17th will have, we will have seen a lot of action since um, all of the fiscal committees uh, will have um, hit their last day for them to meet, uh, which is the 12th. Great, thank you, thank you for that. Any uh, comments or questions from commissioners on this report? Yeah, and I, we also are hearing somebody, uh, just background noise, so if everyone could note, if you're not uh, participating, just mute your cell phone WebEx, that would be helpful, thank you. I don't think we have any comments. Your reports, as usual, are so thorough. We appreciate your attentiveness, yeah. especially the detail on the site visit was good for us to understand and have that uh, brought forward. So thank you for thank that. Thank you, Alette. I'll let the council know we're, we're making progress and we really are feel very, um, we're glad we uh, are adding the virtual. It's really um, adding an insight mm -hmm. that uh, we didn't have before. And mm -hmm. uh, and it also helps any members who are not comfortable making a site, the physical site visit quite yet. Mm -hmm. And then it also brings out just the aspect of, uh, the, and the need for digital uh, exactly connection so I think that's now becoming a part of 
what you're evaluating, which is great. So thank yes. you for that and access. So, all right, I think we'll move on then. Thank you very much for today. Commissioners, item 11 is the case report presented by Daniel Gallagher. Good morning, commissioners and executive director Dearman. Um, reporting on our programming um, for June and July and August here. Um, I am starting uh, the report with a restatement of the case mission statement. Uh, and I'm not going to read that, but I, I felt the need to uh, reiterate the mission statement of the case. So it's there for your uh, enjoyment to read. Um, our case programming, I wanted to uh, just reflect back on the June programming uh, where Carrie Rodensky of the Hummingbird Project uh, presented on the creativity, creativity and aging. Um, and, and that was to help older adults and people living with dementia experience joy and purpose. Um, and to answer the earlier question in our last commission meeting, the Hummingbird Project is an organization devoted to providing services and, and products that promote quality of life for older adults whether at home or in the community setting. And the goal of the Hummingbird Project is to cultivate, cultivate joy, engage curiosity, and foster personal expression. Arts with Elders also presented their uh, Executive Director, Mark Campbell, and Assistant Director, Darcy O'Brien. Um, and Arts with Elders engages older adults living in senior communities and weekly Fine arts classes taught by professional artists and share their work and life experience through public exhibits. And their classes are designed to bring people with shared interests together, building real and meaningful community and giving participants opportunities to continue to grow cognitively and to exercise creativity. So those were really uh, well-received uh, presentations by both of the Hummingbird Project and Arts with Elders. In July, uh, we spent our meeting um, discussing budget advocacy for fiscal year 23 um, and providing some updates on the funding for uh, seniors in the disability community. Um, and then, of course, gearing up for our advocacy campaign, campaign for fiscal year 23. In August, Michael Liao of NICOS, which is a coalition of five healthcare organizations representing the Chinese community, Northeast Medical Services, Chinese Community Healthcare Association, Chinese Hospital, Unlock Lifeways, and Self-Help for the Elderly, uh, is presenting on the work of the coalition. And you can see the uh, mission of NICOS there uh, in my report. Case activities, uh, recent activities, we are uh, convening a discussion group on creative aging led, led by Arts with Elders. Um, this is just this is an effort by uh, Arts with El Elders to see if they can uh, provide um, uh, more education and outreach. Uh, through case programming. Uh, we are conducting a survey, or we did conduct a survey 
amongst the case membership for feedback on current programs and services with the goal to educate the membership and to assist with outreach and, res and referrals and, and focusing on outreach and referrals for the case membership. So the membership understands what other programs in the memberships are doing in their programming and, and where they can reach out as needed. So that's an important project for us in the coming months. And uh, we're happy to undertake that. And lastly, their case will be survey, surveying membership to identify future discussion and program topics. Um, as usual, we're always looking to um, to educate our membership on on salient items and um, and discussions as we move forward. A report on the Dignity Fund Coalition budget proposal. You've heard Executive Director Dearman and, and uh, Diane Lawrence uh, report on this as well. The Keep Us Connected campaign was an ask of $3.5 million a year for two years. We did not achieve that, or the Dignity Fund did not achieve that. Um, through the Board of Supervisors ad back process, $200,000 was funded in year one of the budget cycle and $100,000 in year two. Um, and then through the Dignity Fund allocation, $350,000, although I thought I heard Executive Director Dearman say that was um, 425 now. Um, and then as Executive Director Dearman mentioned, uh, DOS is expecting about $1 million from the state uh, towards this effort. And then other asks uh, supported by CASE funded through the annual Dignity Fund allocation. Uh, there was $20,000 for group caregiver counseling and support and $75,000 for the hardware for hybrid programming, also part of the Keep Us Connected campaign. And that concludes my report. Thank you very much, Mr. Gallagher. Are there any questions or comments from commissioners on this item? Okay, hearing none, thank you again for all of your work over the last couple of months and uh, your thorough report on this, which we also received and read. So thank you very much. Um, thank you, Commissioner. Um, and I think we're ready for public, general public comment. Commissioners, item 12 is public comment an opportunity for members of the public to address the commission on matters there that are not on today's calendar. Are there any members of the public that would like to address the commission today? Moderator, please open the phone line for public comment. We'll allow some time for callers to submit their request. Moderator, do we have any callers in the queue? Mr. Secretary, there is a caller in the queue. I am transferring over. Thank you. Hello, Hello caller, our three minutes begin now. Uh, my name is Francisco da Costa. I've pay, been paying attention to this meeting very diligently. Apparently, I think on some agenda items like the director's report, there should be public comment. Now, I want to bring to your attention that I do 
attend virtually some of the important meetings dealing with housing and disabilities. And what I fail to understand is why we do not have input from you commissioners on the House City Oversight Committee, which makes decisions on housing and disabilities. We do not have really in real time an assessment on many disabled people who are suffering and who should be housed. We have a tendency during this commission meeting to address uh, other agenda items, but we do not focus on the suffering and the trials and the tribulations of those who are in the wheelchair, those who are paralyzed, and those who, some of them, are in the beds who need subacute care. I have fought very hard as a former congressional liaison for Laguna Honda. One of the issues that happened at Laguna Honda were drug addicts were transferred to Laguna Honda. You folks don't know about that and should analyze that just because the federal government was paying the bill of Laguna Honda, the city with intent transferred drug addicts to be rehabilitated at Laguna Honda. That's totally wrong. We can't mix our seniors with drug addicts. So I'd like you all to do a sound needs assessment. Thank you very much. Thank you, caller. Moderator, do we have any other callers in the queue? Mr. Secretary, there are no other callers in the queue. Thank you. That concludes the members of the public that wish to address the commission under this item, and we're ready to move to the next item. Secretary 13, uh, Commissioners, your next item is item 13, old business. Commissioners, please indicate by raising your hand if there is any old business that you'd like to discuss. Any commissioners on WebEx that would like to discuss any old business? Seeing none, I'll hand it over to President Caducin to call the next item. Okay, thank you so much. Uh, commissioners, the next agenda item is item 14, new business, and the first item is informational only. Items 14B through 14K are action items that will require a vote by the commission. If we could call the first item, 14A, which is review of the department's fiscal year 2022-23 annual report presented by Executive Director Kelly Dearman and Aditi Villar. Welcome. Are you <laughs> Right over, did you? Oh, there it is. That's beautiful. Okay. Look at that. I love it when technology works. First time. 
Um, so, um, good morning again, everyone. Um, I'm pleased to present uh, this year's department's annual report and our annual report highlights. Uh, next slide, please. Okay, so we recently published our annual strategic report for this year. And what it does is it outlines uh, what we'll be working on this year in support of our overarching strategic goals, and it provides a look back at our major achievements from last year. This report, as you all know, is posted online on our reports page. Today, I'll be talking specifically about our annual report for fiscal year 2022-23. You all will remember um, the presentation uh, about the strategic plan through um, that encompasses all of the Human Services Agency. Our work is structured by those five main goals, which include equity, inclusion, and accessibility, a strong workforce and collaboration, employment and economic security, health and well-being, safety and care. So for my presentation this year, I'm going to highlight one action from each of these goals. So the first goal around equity, inclusion, and access accessibility are the strategy, one of the strategies is to invest in initiatives to welcome and include all community members in social and civic life. So we are currently working to procure a service provider to develop and begin implementation of the Disability Community Cultural Center. So we are finalizing the RFP this month, and we hope to get it out of the door in September. But this is a really exciting time for us, and you all know it's right there on Venice and Grove. Um, so this is a very exciting time, and uh, as you all know, the center is going to be both um, in person and um, uh, hybrid, um, so people can participate in many ways, but it will be, as I have said several times, the first of its kind in the nation, so we're very excited about that. Uh, next slide, please. Oh, you're still ahead of me. Um, so the, um, uh, the goal, too, is a strong workforce and collaboration. So one of the strategies is to facilitate interagency partnerships and research to promote cross-sector collaborations and systems-level change. So as you all know, um, we completed the second ever Dignity Fund Community Needs Assessment this past April, and we will begin working on the services and allocation plan for the four-year funding cycle from fiscal year 2023-24 to 2026-27. And you know this is a um, community-wide, many um, CBOs, it's, it's a huge collaborative uh, process and the um, needs assessment it is our hope that really by doing the needs assessment we're really able to hear what um, those that we serve need want and will make their lives better next slide please um, okay so this is the goal is for employment and economic security and the action is a pilot program to reduce barriers to employment for people accessing means-tested benefits like Medi-Cal and SSI. 
So we all know that means-tested benefits are complicated, and many people who are on them are staying out of the workforce because of fears of having their benefits impacted. We also know that extra income is good, and having even a part-time job gives people meaningful things to do and connect to their community. So what we hope to do is pilot a program that will provide benefits, counseling, and ongoing support to keep people on their means-tested benefits, but also take on some sort of work. The idea was born out of the Work Matters Collaborative, which uh, includes some of our CBOs who have been getting together to coordinate and advocate around employment. Such agencies as CLC, Felton, Positive Resource Center, and HSA and um, Office of OCP, um, and we have, they've all participated in this group. So the program currently is in the RFP draft stage. We're hoping um, that we'll be able to get it out the door by the end of this month and to be able to launch the pilot sometime in November. But we think this is a great, um, you know, once we achieve this, it'll really be looking uh, a great outcome for goal three. Next slide, please. Okay, so goal four is around health and well-being. Last year, we launched the IHSS Collaborative Caregiver Support Team, CCST, pilot program for enhanced services at permanent supportive housing sites. And that has connected more than 60 residents across three sites to IHSS services. This model um, built on the increased partnership cultivated during the COVID-19 emergency response between DOS and other city agencies like the Department of Homelessness and Supportive Housing and the Department of Public Health. This year, we plan to scale up this pilot to several new buildings supported by an expanded team of IHSS social workers that we advocated for fiercely during this most recent budget cycle, and we will begin hiring for these newly budgeted positions later this month. Next slide, please. Finally, for safety and care, uh, the state expanded APS eligibility and the scope of services in January 2022 to include seniors ages 60 to 64 and individuals experiencing homelessness. We focused last year on preparing for this expansion and the anticipated increase in reports of abuse to APS. This year, we are continuing our work to enhance community outreach, to educate mandated reporters and other key partners about these changes to service eligibility, implement planned growth in APS staffing, and support greater interagency coordination to ensure effective service delivery to our clients in need across city systems like health and housing. So if you, hopefully you all be able to take a look at the report. There are many action items. We just wanted to highlight five. Um, and if there are any questions, we are um, happy to Thank you so and thank much. Thank you to um, Adifi for all of her help yes. on this. Just one correction: the action number three on goal five is actually action number one. In the report. Oh, okay. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, any comments or questions from commissioners on this report? Well, <laughs> anything? No, no. Just I, I always look at you. Um, no, you were looking at me. 
No. <laughs> so do I begin this one? Yes, please, <laughs> <Okay>. go ahead. <laughs> First of all, Executive Director Dierman, I think um, this is an excellent annual report. It's an excellent document. Um, it provides a great summary of the work was, that was done, what was done. Um, I love the format, uh, where you state to go, um, a discussion about the importance, uh, summary what has already been done, and going on to then uh, talk about the um, different plan uh, goals for the next years. Um, it's, it's just a really excellent format, the what, why, and plans for the future. Um, and it very much aligns with all the planning that has been going on agency-wide in terms of strategic planning. So it all kind of falls in place and connects all the dots. Um, the things that uh, I really thought, uh, besides the, the, uh, the, the specifics that you discussed, covered today, just in general, um, under goal one, uh, what I really appreciated is um, a focus on outreach and the various strategies. Um, in the um, Dignity Fund community needs assessment, it was well highlighted that we think we're doing okay outreach, but we aren't quite getting it. Mm -hmm. And that I know that in the goal there's different various strategies noted, especially to uh, the different communities that we want to work so closely with and improve on. The people with disabilities, the BIPAC community, the LGBTQ plus communities, as well as the veterans. Um, as far as uh, go to, um, again, uh, what I really liked uh, and see that we're putting in place is a, a, a emphasis on collaboration. Again, another point that was pointed out through the community needs assessment that uh, even though we think we're doing okay, we definitely can do better in terms of collaboration. And that there was a lot of discussion there on how we plan to do that. Um, and as far as also um, that we are using the data that we have gathered and uh, to basically help focus our work uh, between, again, the, the community needs assessment and the listening sessions with the uh, BIPAC uh, community of colors. Um, so it's, it's just really, um, it made, um, uh, kind of really hit home in terms of just seeing um, the work, the discussion, uh, and the plans that all this is uh, being put in place. And also, um, the other thing that, the last but not least, is um, a note on focusing on making sure that we are providing services that are culturally inclusive as well as being responsive. Um, so that's very, very excellent. A lot of work ahead of us, <laughs> but um, very important and very well planned. So thank you. Excellent work to you and your staff. Thank you so much. Um, thank you so much, Commissioner. I will just say <clears throat> a lot of work ahead of us, a lot of work to get here, and um, really all the thanks goes to the staff because um, there was a lot of pushing and uh, pulling hair out, and we have deadlines to meet, um, so let's, let's really sit down and focus on this. But um, clearly all of the work is, is centered in what we hear from the community, mm -hmm. and I think that is really reflected in this document. And I'm also so pleased to see that all of HSA can look at our five, you know, we can look at our five goals and all build our programs underneath that. So I, I think it's, I think it's working. 
Any other commissioner comments on aspects of this report? Any commissioners remote? Any comments on the report? Then hearing none, I would just want a, a kind of a, a broader statement just about uh, the fact that we, we heard this morning about maybe funding we didn't quite get uh, because we have a plan. And whenever there is our funds available, which for right now there seem to be, uh, we are ready for those uh, because we have done the homework, we have listened to the community, we have listened to the staff, and we have developed some very clear and precise um, goals <laughs> about what we want to do that are very integrated uh, into what I'd say is a very, very big framework. We, this is a time of huge change in our country and uh, because of both the pandemic and just uh, cultural changes. And uh, our senior community and disabled communities and veterans communities are reflecting all of those things. And I just want to say, let's keep being the model <laughs> for what we're doing. Let's keep pushing for the programs we know we need. Let's keep um, making them happen uh, around uh, across the digital divide and coming up with some in innovations ar around that. This is all complicated and has about, each thing that you mentioned has about eight dimensions to it. <laughs> That's what we all recognize. So uh, thank you for putting that down, but also being so concrete. And I know as an ex-manager in the, in the um, city that when you also assigned responsibilities mm -hmm. to the different mm -hmm. parts of your uh, programs and I, I got that too if I was a, a director of that I'd be like okay here's my plan so I, I understand that is alone in terms of the management of an agency so so important that, of that so I like that part you know in terms of of those things so uh, uh, thank you very much for the work that went into this and I think we're we're fine. This is just for informational only. Uh, we've surfaced the comments from the commissioners. If there's none, we'll, we'll go ahead with it then. Um, but we do ask for public comment on this, so we could go ahead with that. Are there any members of the public that would like to comment on the review of the Department FY 2022-2023 annual report? Moderator, please open the phone line for public comment on the review of the Department's annual report. We will allow some time for callers to submit their request. Moderator, do we have any callers in the queue? Mr. Secretary, there are no callers in the queue. Thank you. Okay, then hearing no further requests to speak on the item, we'll close public comment. Um, commissioners, items 14B and 14K are action items that require a vote by the commission. Um, and 14B is requesting a vote by the commission to appoint Darlene Elizabeth Ramlos to the DOS Advisory Council for a two-year term. I think we received information about this. Uh, very well qualified. We appreciate very much uh, for Ms. Ramlos to step forward and, and participate uh, as a volunteer on this advisory council. Um, and I, I think we just need to uh, ask for a motion to appoint uh, Darlene Elizabeth Ramlos uh, to the Advisory Council for a two-year term. So moved. From President uh, Spears, a second. Uh, from Commissioner Lum. Uh, thank you. And uh, uh, so we have that. Are there any comments or questions from the commission on this? None. If we could have a roll call. Or are there any anyone from the public who wishes to comment on agenda item 14B? 
Yeah, are there any members of the public that would like to comment on the requesting a vote for the commission to appoint Darlene Elizabeth Ramos to the DAS Advisory Council? Agenda item 14B. Moderator, please open the phone line for public comment on agenda item 14B. We will allow some time for callers to submit their request. Moderator, do we have any phone callers in the queue? Mr. Secretary, there are no callers in the queue. Thank you. Okay, I called for the motion before the public comment, but I think we're all right. We have a motion and a second. Uh, Secretary, could you please take a roll call vote to approve item B? President Martha Knutson, how do you vote? Yes. Vice President Janet Spears, how do you vote? Yes. Commissioner Sasha Bittner, how do you vote? Yeah. Commissioner uh, Wanda Zhang, how do you vote? Yes. Commissioner Nelson Lum, how do you vote? Yes. Commissioner Barbara Sklar, how do you vote? Yes. We have a unanimous vote. Okay, great. Thank you so much, Commissioners. The next order of business is Agenda Item C and requires a vote by the Commission. It's requesting authorization to enter a new grant agreement with the Bayview-Hunters Point Multipurpose Senior Services for provision of outreach and culturally responsive nutrition support for older adults and adults with disabilities during the period of July 1st, 2022 through June 30th, 2025 in the amount of $450,000 plus a 10% contingency for a total amount not to exceed $495,000. And Tiffany Kearney will be presenting the item. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, good morning, Commissioners, President Knudsen and Executive Director Dearman. As mentioned, my name is Tiffany Kearney. I'm the lead nutritionist for DOS. I am seeking the commission's approval for a new grant agreement with Bayview Senior Services to provide a nutrition program in partnership with the San Francisco African American Faith-Based Coalition. The coalition consists of 21 churches that work together to address health equities among BIPOC communities in our cities through advocacy and collaboration to provide culturally responsive resources. The recent Dignity Fund Needs Assessment, as well as a listening sessions report published by DOS this past October, highlights the importance of culturally competent outreach and the benefits of collaborating with trusted voices in the community to engage hard-to-reach populations. The partnership between Bayview and the coalition leverages each of the organization's strengths to deliver needed services where there are gaps. Through this grant, the coalition will publicize Bayview's nutrition program and conduct outreach through church liaisons. Bayview will provide a hot, wholesome, and culturally relevant meal to the consumers the coalition is able to reach and engage in services. The connection to Bayview's nutrition program will also serve as an access point for other home and community-based services that the new DOS clients may not be aware of. Bayview will provide the administrative support that is required to deliver a nutrition program that is successful, sustainable, and demonstrates positive impact. Similar to all of our meal programs, the meals will meet nutritional standards and provide key nutrients for the populations we serve. The meals will be prepared in commercial kitchens that are monitored and evaluated quarterly for food safety and sanitation, which is essential when delivering nutrition support to high-risk populations. Clients will be screened for nutrition risk and food security, and nutrition education will be provided. We are very excited about this new grant and the partnership it brings to the department. 
It reflects our ongoing effort to provide affordable, healthy, and culturally responsive nutrition support to DOS consumers and underscores the department's ability to capitalize on our existing network of community organizations and their partners to connect hard-to-reach populations. Bayview and the African American Faith-Based Coalition intend to reach at least 500 new consumers and provide at least 17,000 meals through this grant. Thank you for your time, and I'm happy to answer any questions you may have now. Okay, thank you. Um, are there any comments or questions from the commission? I just had a quick question. I noticed um, in the grant document that the um, location and time of services will be recited. So has there been any uh, movement in that, or how will that be done? Um, that's a good question. Um, they are working on um, sorting that out right now in terms of it, the reason why it's to be determined is because right now congregate um, meal settings are like hybrid. So you know, right now they're gonna be reaching out to the community and most likely delivering a lot of the um, meals. And then as, you know, there's more and more, because right now none of Bayview's uh, centers are open right now. So it's right now it's gonna be like a delivery model. And then once Bayview goes back to in-person um, services or probably a hybrid approach, it'll be um, going most likely to Dr. Davis Senior Center um, Western Edition and Rosa Parks. Okay. Great, thank you. Uh -huh. thank you. Thanks. Any other comments, questions from commissioners on this item? Then do we have anyone from the public who wishes to comment on agenda item C? Are there any members of the public that would like to comment on a, agenda item C? Moderator, please open the phone line for public comment on agenda item C. We'll allow some time for callers to submit their request. Moderator, do we have any callers in the queue? Mr. Secretary, there are no callers in the queue. Thank you. Great. Then hearing no further requests to speak on the item, we'll close public comment. Is there a motion uh, to approve item C from commissioners? I move. Okay. Uh, moved by Commissioner Bittner, a second from uh, Commissioner Jung. Mr. Secretary, can you please take a roll call vote to approve item C? President Martha Knutson, how do you vote? Yes. Vice President Janet Spears, how do you vote? Yes. Commissioner Sasha Bittner, how do you vote? Yeah. Commissioner Wanda Zhang, how do you vote? Yes. Commissioner Nelson Lum, how do you vote? Yes. Commissioner Barbara Sklar, how do you vote? Yes. We have a unanimous vote. Okay, thank you. Um, commissioners, the next order of business is agenda item D and requires a vote by the commission. It's requesting authorization to modify the existing grant agreements with Senior and Disability Action, SDA, for the following. Home care advocacy, housing advocacy and counseling, long-term care consumer rights advocacy, senior and disability empowerment during the period of July 1st, 2022 to June 30th, 2024 in the amount of $100,000 plus a 10% contingency for a revised total amount not to exceed $2,616,186. And Justin Chico will be presenting this item, who I believe is joining us remotely. Yes. Yes. Good morning. <laughs> okay. Hi, good morning. Good morning, President Knudsen, fellow commissioners, and Executive, Di Executive Director Gearman. My name is Justin Chico, Management Assistant with the Office of Community Partnerships. 
the senior disability actions for advocacy programs continue to help older adults and adults with disabilities understand their rights and the services available to them, but also how, uh, show them how to ensure the, uh, also ensure them how to get those services. The work is achieved through collaboration and joint advocacy with consumers, CBOs, and legislators. The modification for senior and disability action that is being requested is through the next two fiscal years, so fiscal year 2223 and 2324, and is the continuation of additional funding originally added in last fiscal year in 21-22. So the funding will support modest wages, wage increases, and make these positions more sustainable for SDA staff and the peer advocates. With turnover and vacancies uh, within some of the positions, this is our attempt to increase their salaries, again, to make them more sustainable and keep these programs operating. The additional funding will also help cover the costs of some operating slash infra infrastructure costs, such as the remote hybrid participation of SDA's community members. Th these costs include Zoom membership accounts, captioning, um, American Sign Language, Spanish and Tagalog interpreting, and computer equipment. Another area of infrastructure that the additional funding will support is the disability book series within the long-term care community right, consumer rights advocacy program. The disability book series features disabled authors and books related to their own disability experience. Some of the other policy areas SDA will be working on are continuing advocacy of affordable housing for older adults and adults with disabilities, new housing development, SRO elevator replacement and housing accessibility to name a few. We do not foresee any changes in units of service or service objectives, but the increased funding will more accurately reflect the actual costs of work. Thank you for your time and I'm happy to answer any questions that you may have at this time. Okay, thank you, uh, Mr. Chico. Uh, are there any uh, comments or questions from Commissioner? Uh, um, I just wanted to say that I, I know the people at SDA and I do that and the work. And I think that would really help them be a bit more sustainable. And um, they did a wonderful organization and, you know, but it's all to be done with what they're Thanks, Commissioner. Yeah, I just want to make a comment. I'm, I was very pleased to see that there was an address of uh, wages in this particular um, grant. So I'm very happy to see that uh, mm -hmm. increase. Yeah, I am too. To sustain these very unique services, I, I want to applaud that as well. Um, and, and so that we're able to sustain that with experienced staff is, is good, good use of that funding um, for this program. Any other comments or questions? And do you have any, uh, anyone from the public who wishes to comment on agenda item D? Are there any members of the public that would like to comment on item D? Moderator, please open the phone line for public comments on agenda item D. We'll allow some time for callers to submit their request. Moderator, do we have any callers in the queue? Mr. Secretary, there are no callers in the queue. Thank you. All right, Thanks. then hearing no further requests to speak on the item, we'll close public comment. Is there a motion to I, item D from uh, I move. Uh, I move. Thank you, is moved. <laughs> and a second? Second. 
uh, from Vice President Spears. Um, Mr. Secretary, can you please take a roll call vote to approve item D? President Martha Knutson, how do you vote? Yes. Vice President Janet Spears, how do you vote? Yes. Commissioner Sasha Bittner, how do you vote? Yes. Commissioner Wanda Zhang, how do you vote? Yes. Commissioner Nelson Lum, how do you vote? Yes. Commissioner Barbara Sklar, how do you vote? Yes. We have a unanimous vote. Great. Thank you, Commissioners. Um, the next order of business is Agenda Item E and also requires a vote by the Commission. It is review and approval of the California Department of Aging and Disability Resource Connection Infrastructure Grant, which is contract number AD2223-05, their associated budget, and all subsequent amendments. And Melissa McGee will be presenting this um, rather large item, I think, in volume. But did a good job of synthesizing it for us already. Thank you. So please welcome. Yes. Uh, so good morning, President Knudsen, Commissioners, uh, Director Dearman. As mentioned, my name is Melissa McGee. I'm a program manager with the Office of Community Partnerships at DOTS. I'm here this morning to request your approval to enter into contract with the California Department of Aging for the Aging and Disability Resource Connection Infrastructure Grant. This contract will allow the department to access funding for expansion of our aging and disability re resource centers, ADRCs that we refer to, throughout the city. The purpose of this funding is to support ADRCs in developing, implementing, and uh, sustaining the No Wrong Door system of access to enhance services and supports to older adults and adults with disabilities. DAS OCP will use this funding in two ways. First is to enhance and strengthen language capacity in the ADRC system. Language enhancements this year will include Russian, Tagalog, Vietnamese, and Chinese. The second is using funds towards the development of the Disability Community Cultural Center, referred to as the DCCC, which will host an ADRC. The DCCC will be located in the Civic Center area at Grove and Van Ness, and the ADRC focus will be adults with disabilities. OCP will work with our contracts department for administration of the funds and de to determine whether requests for proposals and or contract modifications will be utilized. And we would bring any of these actions to commission for approval once they get those in place. Uh, thank you. Any, are there any questions? Any comments or questions for the commission? This item? Um, Commissioner Bittner, yeah. Yeah, I just want to say that this is a fabulous thing you're doing, and I'm really glad that this will be handy discipline to go to the center and work. I'm focused on that, and um, I think that's really exciting. It's what I want to do. Thank you. Yeah, I just have one question. Um, did you use one-time funds from the state to get us through 2023, and then ongoing? Do we have a? Do we expect these dollars um, so year over year? Yeah. So they are. Um, they are one. You know, for the current year, the contract is for the current year. We. Um, hope and expect that there would be continued funding. We do get funding um, each year, and it and or we would use our Dignity Fund dollars or other dollars or general fund dollars to 
Good morning. Um, since this is a state program, and and, and uh, we're asking uh, you, you're asking permission to enter into, into a contract, what if the funding stops? Uh, are, are we do we anticipate that we you know that we City and County of San Francisco is going to take over that funding? I'm not sure if we anticipate that, but um, the the contract is for the current year, so the funding is in place to for this year to. Um, and we'd be in contract for the funds for this year, so I don't think there's an expectation that it would go away. Any other commissioner comments? And hearing none, should we, anyone from the public who wishes to comment on agenda item E? Can we call for public comment? Are there any members of the public that would like to comment on agenda item E? Moderator, please open the phone line to comment for agenda item E. We'll allow some time for callers to submit their request. Moderator, do we have any callers in the queue? Mr. Secretary, there are no callers in the queue. Okay, thank you. All right, then hearing no further requests to speak on the item, we'll close public comment. Uh, is there a motion uh, to approve item E from commissioners? From Commissioner Bittner uh, has moved a second from uh, Commissioner Jung. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Secretary, can we please take a roll call vote to approve item E? President Martha Knudsen, how do you vote? Yes. Vice President Janet Spears, how do you vote? Yes. Commissioner Sasha Bittner, how do you vote? Yes. Commissioner Wanda Jung, how do you vote? Yes. Commissioner Nelson Lum, how do you vote? Yes. Commissioner Barbara Sklar, how do you vote? Yes. Thank you. We have a unanimous vote. And just a quick reminder, uh, SFGov asks us to make sure uh, all the commissioners and presenters to speak clearly into the mic. As we rest more comfortably in our chairs, we should move forward a little bit. <laughs> Myself <Okay>. included. <laughs> <laughs> right, thank you very much. You. Um, commissioner, the next order of business is agenda item F and also requires a vote by the commissioner. It is a review and approval of California Department of Aging's contract IF2223-06, the associated budgets and all subsequent amendments. And uh, Mr. Mike Zog will be presenting this item. Welcome. Uh, good morning, commissioners, executive director Dearman. Uh, happy to be here again today. Um, this item before you again is in, in, its most yeah, yeah, <laughs> in its most distilled form is me getting your approval to enter into contract with California Department of Aging to get uh, $1.4 million to fund services here in San Francisco. Uh, it's pretty straightforward, yet it ended up at over 98 pages, two memos, and many abbreviations in there. I, I, I apologize for that. So I will do my best right now to, to take you through that and what that all means. Um, we're seeing a lot more state funding for services for older adults and for adults with disabilities, which is really great. You're going to see a lot of that coming before you for approval. Um, in the coming months as, as we work through this. Um, this item here is, um, they're calling it the Older American, or the Older Adults uh, Recovery and Resilience Funding, OARR funding. Um, California Department of Aging advocated to the state and received a large chunk of funding. Um, they're, they're parceling it out in different pieces. This is a big chunk that's coming to us right now. Um, they have taken it, uh, California Department of Aging, they've put it into four sort of programmatic areas. 
and then done a, a, a funding allocation for each AAA throughout the state. So then these dollars come down to us. The four categories that we're receiving funding in are for um, fall prevention funding, uh, nutrition intergenerational, uh, family caregiver support program, and uh, senior legal services. Um, in your uh, memo, I have um, a, a description of our general intent and how we plan to use those funds. Um, the, the action item here today is truly just to approve this contract with California Department of Aging to, to accept those funds. Mm -hmm. um, so that's sort of the easy part. Then it gets a little bit more complicated, and I wanted to bring to the Commission's attention that with these funds coming so closely on the heels of our American Recovery Plan Act dollars, it kind of gave us pause in how we want to allocate the dollars across the different programs we're funding. So this is where I attempted to, to explain what we are up to. Between our ARP plans and our, our new OR funds, we are going to continue with all programmatic efforts as, as planned and, and described. Um, but what we're going to do is we're going to shift some of the, the costs of the legal services programs um, onto this uh, state funding, um, as well as our planned um, employment services uh, pilot, moving that onto some local funding, and actually sort of retroactively opening up um, about $500,000 in ARP funds, which we received back in April, um, and a lot, giving us the ability to repurpose those funds. We're going to take those funds and go ahead and move them over into um, supporting nutrition services, where we are experiencing continued increased demand uh, for services, as well as increasing costs of services. So that will go into, into that area. These funds are not programmed yet or locked into any contracts. That is the process that we're going through um, uh, over the, the coming weeks and months. So wanted to just provide at least some notice to the commission about how things are, how we're kind of moving buckets around a little bit, um, but also to answer any questions about that or lay any, any, any fears. That's, that's my thing for today. I'm happy to answer any questions on any aspect of this. Yeah, I just have uh, one question. This is um, future, what's the timing of when we think this will be contracted, these additional um, these funds um, run through, I think they run through de December 30th of 2024. Um, it's going to be, it's a mix. So um, nutrition and family caregiver uh, funds will probably be able to get into contracts quite quickly. Um, some of the legal services funding uh, with, will happen within the, the next uh, month or two. Um, some of the other legal services funding um, is a little bit farther out, about three or four months from now. So we should expect to see some maybe next next meeting. Yes. And then okay. Yes. But before the 2024. That's we want to spend <laughs> these funds. Uh, they have given them to us. We want to show that we need these funds and mm -hmm. truly are using them um, to to people need them. But also we need to tell the story to the state of California that we like it when the state gives us funds and it's a good thing and they should keep doing it. Right. Thank you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Any other comments from commissioners? And again, I think the old term was being shovel ready for these. Yeah. <laughs> At some point people use that yeah. and I feel like again the broad comments I made about having our, our um, annual plan 
and all of these reports and all of these studies and things that we do to make sure we're uh, creating programs that are relevant to the community. When we receive funding, we are ready for it and um, able to leverage that in a way that lets us um, operate at an optimum. So we promise we won't take any more vacations and be ready for <laughs> those, those contracts <laughs> to become, come our way. So I think that's kind of a, a good tie-in with how the, the meeting began with reports on things that we want to do and things that we plan on doing and, and then the plan on using these funds. So that works. Any other comments or from commissioners? Then we should have a, a chance for the, anyone from the public who wishes to comment on agenda item F. Are there any members of the public that would like to comment on item F? Moderator, please open the phone line for public comments on agenda item F. We'll allow some time for callers to submit their request. Moderator, do we have any callers in the queue? Mr. Secretary, there are no callers in the queue. Thank you. Okay, great. Then hearing no further requests to speak on the item, we'll close public comment. Is there a motion to approve item F from commissioners? I'll move. Uh, from Commissioner Sklar and a second from Vice President Spears. Uh, would you, uh, Mr. Secretary, can you please take the roll call vote to approve item F? President Martha Knutson, how do you vote? Yes. Vice President Janet Spears, how do you vote? Yes. Commissioner Sasha Bittner, how do you vote? Yeah. Commissioner Wanda Zhang, how do you vote? Yes. Commissioner Nelson Lum, how do you vote? Yes. Commissioner Barbara Sklar, how do you vote? Yes. We have a unanimous vote. Okay, great. Commissioners, the next order of business is agenda item G and requires a vote by the commission. It's requesting authorization to enter a new grant agreement with Stepping Stone for the provision of LGBTQ plus community services program pilot for the time period of July 1st, 2022 to June 30th, 2027 for a total amount not to exceed $934,283 plus a 10% contingency for a total amount not to exceed $1,027,711. And Fannie Lapitan will be presenting this item. Welcome. Good morning, commissioners. Sorry, just want to make sure my mic's loud enough. Um, Sounds good. Great. Um, good morning again, commissioners. Thank you for your time. Uh, and Executive Director Dearman. My name is Fannie Lapitan. Um, I am the director for the DOS Benefits and Resources Hub. Uh, I'm actually here today on behalf of the Office of Community Partnerships. Uh, we're requesting your authorization to enter into a new grant with um, Stepping Stone for the provision for the provision of a community services pilot program, uh, specifically focused and designed for LGBTQ plus older adults and adults with disabilities. So this program pilot will be administered by Stepping Stone in partnership with Curry Senior Center and will serve vulnerable LGBTQ plus San Franciscans, most of which have chronic health challenges, are at risk for institutionalization, or may be isolated and alone. Um, although Stepping Stone is known as an adult day health center, the LGBTQ plus community service pilot program will be open to participants both enrolled and not enrolled in the ADHC. This program is open to all LGBTQ plus older adults, adults with disabilities, and their caregivers throughout San Francisco. We know from the Dignity Fund Community Needs Assessment that was done um, this year that programs and services for the LGBTQ plus um, community 
continues to be a high need. Um, the pilot program will conduct activities and provide services designed to support um, LGBTQ plus participants and their caregivers to help increase awareness of the services available to them and to reduce barriers um, for engagement to services. Program staff will be trained in LGBTQ history, cultural humility, trauma-informed care, and other topics that will help increase understanding of the strengths and challenges um, facing the LGBTQ population. Um, Stepping Stone will also ensure that the physical space of the community service site is safe, welcoming, and attuned to the LGBTQ community. Um, the pilot will include the components of the community services program, um, and that would be uh, activities. They'll, they'll provide activities in form of educational presentations, cultural or social events. Um, there'll be exercise classes, arts and class, I'm sorry, arts and crafts classes. Uh, there'll be support Ice. groups, field trips, and any other group activity that brings people together for the purpose of social connectedness and wellness. Um, there will be enhanced outreach done by both Stepping Stone and Curry Senior Center to reach low-income LGBTQ plus seniors and adults with disabilities, particularly those who have chronic health um, conditions and are facing isolation. Um, they, are, they have a plan to do an outreach campaign to reach disconnected and unserved individuals focusing on the homeless, recently housed, and residents of SROs um, to connect the most isolated LGBTQ plus seniors and adults with disabilities to services. Uh, additionally, the program staff will also provide the social services um, through one-on-one -on -one assistance to participants, uh, really helping them resolve various challenges um, that uh, would include uh, things like information and referral to services, um, assistance with completing applications and forms, um, and also providing emotional support by phone and in person. Um, Stepping Stone will routinely provide translation services for participants in various languages. Um, that would include Spanish, Chinese, Tagalog, Vietnamese, and Korean. Uh, they can also provide interpretation um, as well as translation of letters, forms, announcements, and other um, documents. And then finally, um, for the next six months through this grant, um, Stepping Stone will also offer a 17-week um, college class, college-level class called Body Dynamics and the Aging Process. Um, this is part of the former City College of San Francisco's Older Adults Program. Um, the class is taught by a CCSF instructor uh, with an advanced degree and teaching experience in the field of aging, um, teaching strategies for physical activities, um, techniques for stress reduction, and key health aging concepts um, such as nutrition and, and disease. The class is open to any older adult or adult with disabilities interested, um, and then participants register for the class uh, as a separate activity within the community service program. Uh, with that, I'm happy to answer any questions from the commissioners about the program. Okay, great, thank you so much. Are there any questions about this? Just one. I'm, I'm just curious why we call this a pilot program that's going on for five years. I'm just Yeah, no, that's a very it. great question. <laughs> this is considered a pilot because um, Stepping Stone has actually made a change to the previous model. Um, they're also partnering with a different subcontractor. They're partnering with Curry Senior Center this time around. 
Um, so there's a, a different level of service delivery, different types of trainings. So there's just a little more enhanced um, enhancement in the services. So we continue to call it a pilot because we want to make sure that it's something that will uh, we can um, uh, sustain and make sure it, that it's successful in the near in the next in the next years. So after the five years, it could be considered just a program and yes. not a pilot program. Okay. Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. Anything else? I just yeah. actually, I just have a comment, not so much a question. I, I just want to say um, I'm really pleased to see this this grant. Um, what um, the two elements that I noted in the grant document that I think is excellent is that it's clearly written that um, there will be LGBTQ plus cultural competency training for staff, which is always important. Um, and also that there is a plan for enhanced outreach that may include uh, subcontract performance agreement and MOUs. And I think that's so important because oftentimes there may be individual out there in the community, but because of uh, confidentiality con concerns that they cannot be connected to the services. So having this uh, enhanced outreach, I think, really makes a difference. So thank you. Thank you. Okay, any other commissioner comment or all right, then uh, we should. We have anyone from the public who wishes to comment on agenda item G. Are there any members of the public that would like to comment on an item G? Moderator, please open the phone line for public comment on an agenda item G. We'll allow some time for callers to submit their request. Moderator, do we have any callers in the queue? Mr. Secretary, there are no callers in the queue. Thank you. Great, then hearing no further uh, requests to speak on the item, we'll close public comment. Is there a motion uh, to approve item G? No move. From Commissioner Sklar has moved a second. Second. Uh, from Vice President Spears. Uh, please take a, uh, Mr. Secretary, can you please take a roll call vote to approve item G? President Martha Knutson, how do you vote? Yes. Vice President Janet Spears, how do you vote? Yes. Commissioner Sasha Bittner, how do you vote? Yes. Commissioner Michelle, uh, Commissioner Wanda Jung, how do you vote? Yes. Commissioner Nelson Lum, how do you vote? Yes. And Commissioner Barbara Sklar, how do you vote? Yes. Thank you. It's a unanimous vote. Okay, thank you. Uh, commissioners, the next order of business is agenda item H and requires a vote by the commission. It's requesting authorization to enter in, into a new grant with San Francisco Marin Food Bank for the provision of food assistance program for the time period of July 1st, 2022 to June 30th, 2025 for a total amount not to exceed $7,822,725 plus a 10% contingency for a total amount not to exceed $8,604,998. And Tiffany Kearney will be presenting the item. Welcome back. Thank you. Hello again, commissioners, Executive Director Dearman. I am now asking the commission to approve a new grant agreement with San Francisco Marin Food Bank for our DOS Food Assistance Program. This grant helps support the food bank's citywide network of pantries, as well as the foods procured and distributed to DOS consumers at the pantry sites and through our home delivered grocery program. Currently, the food bank has approximately 84 pantries located throughout the city and in every district. Nine of the food bank's pantries are exclusively for older adults and adults with disabilities. These pantries are located at senior housing sites, senior centers, and other community-based organizations. 
about 75%, so that's about 63 of them, are pantries um, run by partner organizations supported by food bank staff. And the remaining 25% are pop-up pantries staffed exclusively by the food bank. The pop-ups are not part of this grant. Older adults and adults with disabilities are at very high risk for food and nutrition insecurity. The pandemic has exasperated this serious issue for our clients and underscored the significance um, of DOS nutrition partners in providing um, nutrition support to those most in need, like the San Francisco Marin Food Bank. Although we have experienced some positive downward trends with the pandemic this last year, uh, the need for nutrition support in the community remains elevated, and having access to additional fresh, fresh uh, cross-cultural foods on a weekly basis to supplement a person's um, food budget is vital for many DOS consumers. San Francisco Marin Food Bank intends to serve at least 3,600 consumers and provide at least 310,000 supplemental bags of food with sufficient quantity to prepare at least seven meals. Thank you for your time, and I'm happy to answer questions you may have about this grant. Okay, thank you. Are there any questions from commissioners on this contract? Um, so are there any, uh, do we have anyone from the public who wishes to comment on agenda item H? Are there any members of the public that would like to comment on item H? Moderator, please open the phone line for public comments on agenda item H. We allow some time for callers to submit their request. Moderator, do we have any callers in the queue? Mr. Secretary, there are no callers in the queue. Thank you. Okay, great. And hearing no further requests to speak on the item, we'll close public comment. Is there a motion to approve item H from commissioners? So moved. From Vice President Spears, a second, second. from Commissioner Jung. Thank you. Um, please take a, uh, Mr. Secretary, can you please take a roll call vote on item H? President Martha Knutson, how do you vote? Yes. Vice President Janet Spears, how do you vote? Yes. Commissioner Sasha Bittner, how do you vote? Yes. Commissioner Wanda Jung, how do you vote? Yes. Commissioner Nelson Lum, how do you vote? Yes. Commissioner Barbara Sklar, how do you vote? Yes. Thank you. We have a unanimous vote. Great. Thank you. Um, commissioners, the next order of uh, business is agenda item I and requires a vote by the commission requesting authorization to enter into a grant with Swords to Plowshares for the provision of community services for veterans for the period of July 1st, 2022 through June 30th, 2027 in the amount of $562,755 plus a 10% contingency for a total amount not to exceed $619,031 and Fannie Lapitan will be presenting this item. Welcome again. Hello again. <laughs> um, Hello again, Commissioners and Executive Director Dearman, uh, Fanny Lapitan, Director of the DOS Benefits Resource Hub. Um, we are requesting your authorization to enter into a new grant with Swords to Plowshares for the provision of a community services program uh, for older adults and adults with disabilities who are military veterans in San Francisco. Um, this is a program that Swords to Plowshare has been providing since 2018. Um, and this grant would allow them to continue to provide this much needed service um, in the next few years. Um, the community service program will take place at their drop-in center at 1060 Howard Street. 
Um, it will specifically serve veterans um, to promote socialization, help build community, and uh, be supported by staff who are trained and um, knowledgeable in providing services to this target population. Um, the program will be focused on the physical, social, psychological, economic, educational, and creative needs of the participants. Um, the program will maintain or improve the well-being of veterans by providing activities and services designed to support, um, support them to live independently in the community, uh, help reduce social isolation, and serve as an access point uh, for other services available to them. Um, so the program, um, like our other community services programs, um, include components like activities. Um, again, activities that bring participants together for education, recreation, social connection, or wellness purposes. Um, Swords to Plowshares will have a clinical case manager um, who will conduct the group therapy, peer uh, support group classes, uh, and recovery meetings. Um, in addition, they will also have workshops and trainings um, on computer literacy, financial empowerment, and other benefits like employment and housing. Um, the programming will also include enhanced outreach efforts, um, namely increased uh, street outreach with weekly visits to homeless encampments and other um, locations where unhoused individuals gather. Uh, Swords to Plowshares uh, will have a client services navigator um, who will expand that outreach um, and engagement in collaboration with their, um, their outreach staff. Um, social services will also be provided by the clinical um, case manager, um, connecting veterans to additional services and supporting them through um, individualized case management. Um, referrals to other services can include things like um, geriatric health, mental health, housing, uh, and other healthcare uh, resources. Um, again, the program will serve low-income or unhoused older veterans and veterans with disabilities residing in San Francisco, including people of color and LGBTQ plus veterans. Um, and that's it. At this time, I'm available to answer any questions. No, thank you for it. It was a very comprehensive description, so thank you. Um, any questions from commissioners or comments? Good morning. Good morning. Um, I'm looking at the amount of uh, money that's being uh, requested is uh, approximately 100000 per year for the next five years. Um, is this the amount that the source of power share is asking for, or is this the amount that's being allocated? This is the amount that is being allocated. Um, this is actually the, the same baseline funding that we've been providing to them um, to support the program in previous years, so this will be a continuation. Because you know, from, from, from my perspective, uh, you know, this is very paltry amount of, of money for a large community of uh, veterans. Yes, we uh, we totally understand, and um, OCP will continue to look at uh, the, fu the the funding support for you know their services, including veterans, and um, you know they. Um, they look at the need, and there's really a balancing act. So um, certainly for, for at least for these next few years, this is currently the baseline um, that is allocated for these services. But there's always an opportunity to expand, expand funding when there's um, additional funding available. Thank you. Thank you. Any other comments or questions from commissioners? Um, do we have anyone from the public who wishes to comment on agenda item I? 
Are there any members of the public that would like to comment on item I? Moderator, please open the phone line for public comment on agenda item I. We'll allow some time for callers to submit their request. Moderator, are there any callers in the queue? Mr. Secretary, there are no callers in the queue. Thank you. Then hearing no further requests to speak on the item, we'll close public comment. Is there a motion to approve item I from commissioners? Mr. Jung has moved a second uh, from Commissioner Lum. Thank you. Um, Mr. Secretary, uh, can you please take a roll call vote to approve item I? President Martha Knutson, how do you vote? Yes. Vice President Janet Spears, how do you vote? Yes. Commissioner Sasha Bittner, how do you vote? Yes. Commissioner Wanda Zhang, how do you vote? Yes. Commissioner Nelson Lum, how do you vote? Yes. And Commissioner Barbara Sklar, how do you vote? Yes. We have a unanimous vote. Right. Um, commissioners, the next order of business is agenda item J and requires a vote by the commission requesting authorization to enter into a grant with swords to plowshares for the provision of supportive services and service connection for veterans for the period of July 1st, 2022 through June 30th, 2027 in the amount of $1,811,945 plus a 10% contingency for a total amount not to exceed one million nine hundred ninety-three thousand one hundred forty dollars. And Fanny Lapitan is still here to present this item. <laughs> Thank you, commissioners. Um, this next item is also a request to enter into a new grant with Swords to Plowshares um, to provide a program called Supportive Services and Service Connections for Veterans. Um, this is a program that Swords to Plowshares has also been providing since 2018. Um, and this grant would allow them to continue to provide this very important service um, in the next few years. The Supportive Services and Service Connection Program will um, be provided to older veterans and veterans with disabilities in six permanent veteran support, supportive housing sites located in San Francisco. The overall goals of the program are to, uh, one, ensure that the veterans are able to maintain independence and housing stability. Uh, two, they want make, we want to make sure that um, they increase their sense of community and social engagement. And then um, three, we want to make sure that they continue to age um, with safety and dignity in their homes. Um, the program will promote community engagement through group therapeutic activities and opportunities for social activities that will really emphasize community building and support for the veterans at these housing sites. Um, some examples of the activities would include things like coffee chats, um, there's art classes, recreational outings, uh, game or movie days. Um, there are various groups for nutrition, mindfulness, and recovery. Um, there will also be computer training, uh, celebrations, informational speakers, uh, poetry, and gardening, uh, among other things. So this grant will um, support a full-time community organizer that will uh, who will be helping with those community engagement activities. The program will also include service connection that will focus on providing information to the veterans about the services available to them in the community and uh, facilitating their connections to those services. Uh, program staff who provide case management services meet regularly um, with each veteran, veteran resident. Um, they provide individual counseling. They assist with the referrals to the services. Um, including uh, those services that are available in-house at Swords to Plowshares, like um, legal assistance, um, employment, <coughs> job training <coughs> services, um, homeless prevention services, 
uh, money management, and also, of course, assistance with accessing VA benefits. Um, with this grant, Swords of Plowshare will also be able to employ full-time service assistants um, or home health aides um, who can provide needed home support services and ensure safety of the resident as they age in place. Um, the service assistants will float between um, the housing sites and they will perform uh, personal care, mobility assistance, medication reminders, meal prep, household maintenance, type uh, those type of services. Um, but they can also assist with uh, transportation, making appointments, um, and other tasks of daily living as needed. Uh, finally, because of the heightened difficulty that veterans face when trying to connect with their peers, communities, and the services, um, Swords to Plowshares will make a concerted effort to engage the veterans living at the housing sites um, through outreach. Uh, there will be one-on-one -on -one outreach, informal outreach, um, and also they'll, they'll make sure that their community organizers are visible um, at each of the housing sites. Um, with that, I'd be happy, happy to answer any questions. Okay, great, thank you so much. Are there any questions or comments from commissioners on this item? report was very comprehensive, so thank you for that detail. Um, then <coughs> hearing no, no request for that, uh, Mr. Secretary, do we have anyone from the public who wishes to comment on agenda item J? Are there any members of the public that would like to comment on item J? Moderator, please open the phone line for public comments on agenda item J. We'll allow some time for callers to submit their request. Moderator, do we have any callers in the queue? Mr. Secretary, there are no callers in the queue. Thank you. Okay, great. And then hearing no further requests to speak on the item, we'll close public comment. Is there a motion uh, to approve item J from the commissioners? So moved. From uh, Vice President okay. Spears, a second from Commissioner Sklar. I heard. Um, Mr. Secretary, can you please take a roll call vote to approve item J? President Martha Knutson, how do you vote? Yes. Vice President Janet Spears, how do you vote? Commissioner Sasha Bittner, how do you vote? Yes. Commissioner Wanda Zhang, how do you vote? Yes. Commissioner Nelson Lum, how do you vote? Yes. And Commissioner Barbara Sklar, how do you vote? Yes. We have a unanimous vote. Okay, thank you so much, Commissioners. The next order of business is agenda item K and requires a vote by the Commission. Uh, it requests authorization to enter into a grant with Edgewood Center for Children and Families for the provision of kinship family caregiver support services for the period of July 1st, 2022 through June 30th, 2026 in the amount of $249,752 plus a 10% contingency for a total amount not to exceed $274,727. And Erica Maybaum will be presenting this item who is uh, joining us remotely. <laughs> Welcome. Hi there. Thank you. Good morning, Commissioners and Executive Director Dearman. My name is Erica Maybaum. I'm the Program Analyst for the Office of Community Partnership. Uh, thank you for your time today. Before you is a new grant request for Edgewood Center for Children and Families. Kinship Family Caregiver Support Services is part of the larger Family Caregiver Support Program, FCSP. FCSP, a little bit of a tongue twister, also known as Title III-E, provides grants to states to fund various supports for caregivers in order to support their families. This relatively small grant provides critical services specifically 
for older adults who are the primary caregivers of children under the age of 18 or the primary caregiver to an individual with a disability of any age. The purpose of this Kinship Family Caregiver Support Services grant is to assist San Francisco residents who are grandparents, step-grandparents, or any other older relative of a child by blood, marriage, or adoption who is 55 or older and identified as the primary caregiver through a legal or informal agreement. Edgewood would provide numerous services, which include two different types of respite. One is respite out of home daycare. This is where the caregiver receiver will be given round trip transportation to his social, educational, and recreational activities. Um, depending on the health directives during COVID surges, these activities will primarily take place outdoors. Participants at these activities are also provided snack or a meal during the activity. Um, respite vouchers are the other type of respite, which are utilized so that the caregiver caregiver can decide on the date and location of respite that best fits their needs and the caregivers are reimbursed. Edgewood uh, will also provide caregiver assessments, which are conducted by trained and experienced staff that are able to provide counseling services related to things such as stress, depression, and loss. Uh, the sessions may be in person or via phone, depending on the need, and could be individual counseling or with their family support system. Edgewood, Edgewood's Kinship Resource Coordinator will also conduct monthly wellness checks or more often as needed uh, with participant caregivers. Edgewood will provide monthly facilitated sports support groups that, and depending on the health directives, they may be in person or virtually through controlled access via teleconference. Edgewood will provide resources for caregivers in terms of emergency cash or material aids uh, examples of this include food. Participants are eligible for weekly grocery bags through Edgewood's already existing uh, food pantry, which operates 48 weeks out of the year. Uh, emergency aid could also be things like transit passes or emergency cash, depending on the need of the caregiver. Edgewood will provide caregivers with information on resources available to their community. This is a critical, this is critical and addresses one of the gaps that came out in during the latest Dignity Fund needs assessment. Uh, in addition, they will conduct community education and outreach in forums such as senior centers, schools, churches, health clinics. Um, and worth noting is that this information about these services is also available in multiple languages. Edgewood will also disseminate information through outreach events, presentations, their quarterly newsletter, media campaigns and other electronic publication resources. Um, also part of this grant is the requirement that Edgewood conduct a caregiver satisfaction survey to determine if the services are providing are meeting the needs of the caregivers. Edgewood has been providing services since 2007. They have a wealth of experience and have been successful in connecting with and providing services for caregivers. They've learned lessons from COVID that they will continue to adapt to best serve the caregiver's needs. Edgewood's implementation of the Kinship Family Caregiver Support Services Program will enable older adults and caregivers to take advantage of respite and resources so that they can be a caregiver and also have access to support services so they can take care of their own well-being. Um, with that, I thank you for your time today and I'm happy to answer any questions. Okay, great. Thank you so much um, for that 
really good explanation of the program. Um, uh, are, do we have any comments or questions from commissioners? Ms. Allen? Any, any um, then do we have any, uh, Mr. Secretary, do we have anyone from the public who wishes to comment on agenda item K? Are there any members of the public that would like to comment on item K? Moderator, please open the phone line for public comments on agenda item K. We'll allow some time for callers to submit their request. Moderator, do we have any callers in the queue? Mr. Secretary, there are no callers in the queue. Thank you. Great, then uh, hearing no further requests to speak on the item, we'll close public comment. Is there a motion from commissioners to approve item K? So moved. So moved. Commissioner Jung will say is uh, moved and second from Commissioner Sklar. Uh, Mr. Secretary, can you please take a roll call vote to approve item K? President Martha Knutson, how do you vote? Yes. Vice President Janet Spears, how do you vote? Yes. Commissioner Sasha Bittner, how do you vote? Yes. Commissioner Wanda Jung, how do you vote? Yes. Commissioner Nelson Lum, how do you vote? Yes. And Commissioner Barbara Sklar, how do you vote? Yes. Thanks. We have a unanimous vote. Great. Thank you very uh, much, Commissioners. That uh, ends the action portion of our, our meeting. Uh, are there any announcements from Commissioners? Anything else? And hearing none, I'm going to adjourn the meeting. Thank you for coming. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks Thank for conducting it. <laughs>